Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. The Timberwolves beat the Magic on Wednesday by 18 behind 35 from Ant and 30 from Carl Anthony Towns. This was a really fun game. The Wolves led by 20 plus throughout, but they also dealt with a bit of adversity in the fourth quarter, pushed back and won with a relatively comfortable margin. I want to break it all down on the show here today. Individual studs and duds, uh, the high points, the low points, the key takeaways and more. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is the postgame podcast. It's a victory Thursday. The Wolves have won second and two games in a row for, I think, just the second time this season. Um, you know what? Let me let me get that right. Yeah, just the second time this season. How crazy is that? It's a great day today. This is the postgame podcast. Like I mentioned, plenty to cover here today after big games from all the Wolves' best players. First, though, off the top, a big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. It's greatly appreciated. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. And uh, also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. A reminder that the brand new Lockdown Sports Minnesota app is available on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can watch this show as well as our friends at Lockdown Vikings, Lockdown Twins, Lockdown Golden Gophers, Lockdown Wild. More great local sports coverage 24 7. It's absolutely free. Again, the download, excuse me, download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. All right. The Wolves beat the Magic by 18 Wednesday, and you know, let's get this out of the way. The Magic are bad. They're four and ten coming into the game. They just lost to the Charlotte Hornets on Monday by a pretty big margin, and the Hornets had previously been losers of eight straight. However, the Magic had won a couple right before that. They've beaten some good teams on the road as well. Um, and Orlando's also a team the Wolves have had a lot of troubles with. They're, I think, two and eight there over their last 10 games, which is crazy because Almost every season, except for I think maybe the the bubble season, the Wolves were supposed to be better or were better than the Magic. Um, I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. The Magic are one of the wor- few franchises that's actually had a worse run than the Wolves over the past you know decade, decade and a half or so. And eh, maybe not going back quite that far, but that gets into Dwight Howard territory. But the last decade or so. Um, at any rate, the Magic were without Paolo Bancaro, the number one overall pick. That's significant. He's missed the last three, or this would be the fourth game in a row he's missed. But they won. They won a couple of, beat a couple of good teams over the weekend without him. They were also without Wendell Carter Jr., which is a little bit of a surprise. Both guys were questionable. I think Carter was a later uh, later scratch than uh, than Bancaro. And that's significant. Obviously, Bancaro is Paolo Bancaro. And Wendell Carter Jr. is one of their better players, one of their better rebounders and scorers. And somebody that the Wolves were likely going to struggle to contend with, given their issues on the glass. Now, that still doesn't detract from the amount of length that the Magic do have. And I talked about this on the live postcast with Marnie Gellner, um, which you can find the episode prior to this one on whatever platform you're listening on, or if you're on YouTube over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Um, Marnie and I talked about the length that the Magic have on this team. I mean, they still had to contend with. The Wolves had to contend with Mo Bamba, Bol Bol. Um, you look at this just in general, this starting lineup is long. Um, Chumo KK, Franz Wagner, like there's size to this Magic team, even without Carter. Um, 
who's a little undersized for his position, but plays big and without Paolo Bancaro, this is still a big team. And I want to get into some of those details, some of the categories that the Wolves ended up actually doing really well in, which was somewhat surprising a little bit later. But the first thing I want to, I want to mention is on the preview show on Wednesday, I, I did the last segment of Wednesday, sh- Wednesday show preview in this matchup. And I identified three categories I was concerned about. One was defensive rebounding against the Magic, who are one of the league's better offensive rebounding teams, really better on both uh, both sides of the floor in terms of rebounding. Yes, without Carter. Yes, without Bancaro, but still a good rebounding team. And also the Magic shoot a lot of free throws and they turn it over a bunch. So it was imperative that the Wolves limited second chance opportunities for one of the league's worst offenses in general, an offense that's struggling. You can't give them easy buckets on second chance opportunities, layups, tip-ins, kickouts for open threes, et cetera. You also can't put them on the line a ton for the same reasons because they do get to the line a lot. It's one of the only reasons, only ways that they've really stayed afloat this season on that end of the floor. And you have to capitalize on the fact that they do turn the ball over a bunch. You have to force them into more turnovers. They should be easier to turn over more. You have to turn those turnovers into points on the other end. The Wolves did very well in two of the three categories and were competitive in the third. The only one they really struggled with was defensive rebounding. They ended up being a minus seven on the glass in this game. Um, and they gave up 12 offensive rebounds to the Magic. It was part of the Wolves' downturn in the fourth quarter. This was a 20-plus point lead for the Wolves for much of the game. It got all the way down to nine early in the fourth quarter. And there were two, three easy offensive putbacks that the Magic got because the Wolves slipped up on the defensive glass. But in general, we're still talking about a team, one of the few teams that can contend with the Wolves in the paint in terms of their size and their length and really their athleticism and the youth of uh, like, again, the whole starting lineup, even Jalen Suggs is, is over, not oversized, but big for his position. But then you go on down the line and Franz Wagner is, Franz Wagner is big for a three and Chumo KK is big for, or Franz Wagner was effectively playing the, t- the two. Franz Wagner playing the three is massive and OKK playing, excuse me, Wagner playing the two, OKK playing the f- three and Bamba and Bowl in the front court. That's a huge Really, really big front court. And the Wolves were ended up being a plus two in terms of points in the paint, but they were a minus seven on the glass and gave up 12 offensive rebounds. But again, for much of the game, they were competitive in that area. And that was enough because they won those other areas where they did very well in those other areas. They only gave up 17 free throw attempts to the Magic in this game. Orlando came into this game attempting 25 free throws per game. So they shot eight free throws below their season average. That's huge. It ended up being an 18 point game. But when this thing was relatively close within three possessions for stretches of the fourth quarter, you know, it it obviously adds up. So holding them to just 17 free throw attempts, a struggling offense is really important. The other thing is that Orlando turned the ball over 16 times in this game. The Wolves had 15 steals. So that's 15 live ball turnovers that the Wolves forced, which they then were able to turn to buckets on the other end fairly easily. You know, that a couple lob dunks, Ant had one, a big one in the first half. Uh, We had uh, Kyle Anderson cherry-picking dunk in this game. We had uh, Jordan McLaughlin, a really nice fast break where he received a pass and scored. D'Lo scoring in transition. Um, This was essentially a track beat for the Wolves, and that's what it needed to be. They needed to speed the magic up, turn defense into offense, get those easy buckets. They did exactly that. So suppressing the magic free-throw opportunities, capitalizing, forcing more turnovers, capitalizing on those turnovers to score in transition and being competitive in the paint, limiting the magic where possible. They did all of those things. And I mean, it's right in line with what I previewed. It's right in line with what I was calling for before the game that the Wolves needed to do to be successful. And they they did exactly what I was asking for them to do in terms of the keys of the game. 
Um, in terms of the overall flow, Anthony Edwards had 19 in the first quarter. This is the first time, you know, like he's the headline of this game and I am just now getting to him, but I was, I, in terms of the team performance, very pleased that the Wolves capitalized in each of those categories, but individually Ant in the first quarter, 19 points, he ended up with 35 for the game. He had five threes in the first quarter. Carl Anthony Towns kind of dominated the middle portion of the game. Ant was good throughout, but he was so good in the first and so good late. And Cat kind of did everything else. It was a lot of really second, third, early fourth quarter where Cat did his thing. Um, very good passing, intelligent decisions, uh, in in control, which is one of the things you always worry about a little bit with Carl Anthony Towns. And he did all those things. Then late in the game, and I want to dive into this a little bit more later, um, Towns got Rudy Gobert involved and Rudy had been kind of only tangentially involved throughout the game. They didn't run much for him. He wasn't getting involved much in other, in even secondary actions. He wasn't on the receiving end of very many lobs. Um, and he was having a pretty pedestrian game, but Towns, I wouldn't say he forced the ball into Rudy. I just think he was intentional in making sure that the high low passes were getting to Rudy in an advantageous spot to score. And, and Chris Finch kept calling play sets. I want to talk about this too where Towns was getting the ball in the perimeter. It's just like how the Wolves want to play. Towns with the ball in the perimeter, in the mid post, high post, dump down, pass to Rudy at the rim for an and one, a lob dunk, uh, you know, a tip in, whatever that might be. We saw a lot of that late in this game, and that was fantastic in terms of Cat knowing he had to get his all-star big man buddy involved. He did just that. And D'Angelo Russell, who for the game generally struggled, was really good down the stretch. I want to actually key in on D'Lo next, though. So that's where we're going to take this thing. Um, here in just a moment. First, though, the episode today's episode is brought to us by our friends over at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, I, I mean, frankly, I wish that life came with the user manual. Don't we all, right? There's times when I'm putting things together, if I'm ordering furniture or really anything, if I get any sort of a gift, I'm reading the manual. That's just how I operate. I wish life was that way, right? Sometimes you just don't know what the next step is, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Life does not come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. That makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. Um, therapy is fantastic. Uh, it it really can help you, you know, understand yourself better. And BetterHelp is a fantastic option to help anybody do that. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash NBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Sports Today show. 
From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Um, let's talk D'Lo. D'Angelo Russell was really good in this game. Um, I should say really good in the fourth quarter of this game. I actually don't think he had a terrible game prior to that either. But if you didn't watch the game, you just glanced at the box screen and say, oh, okay. Another uh, so-so deal game, one of six from three, uh, you know, 11 and six. Like it's not really a, it's not a sexy box score line. Well, that's true. He had 11 and six, six on 12 shots, not ultra efficient, didn't get to the line. But in the fourth quarter, he came into the fourth quarter with only two points. And this is on the heels of a 30 point performance on Sunday, that big win at Cleveland. And it felt like Dilo was breaking through a couple days off coming to the game Wednesday and he appears to be rusty. Well, I credit Dilo for not forcing his shot early to try and keep himself going. There could have been that, you know, kind of hangover from Sunday. Well, that's not the right way to say that because it's not in this sense, it wouldn't be it, from Dilo's mindset. It wouldn't be a hangover. It would be, I'm going to continue the good feeling from Sunday. So the opposite of a hangover, I guess, right? Like Dilo could have said, I need to keep this good feeling going from 30. I'm going to force my, or my, from my 30 on Sunday, I'm going to force the issue on Wednesday. He didn't do that. He orchestrated the Wolves offense well. And then in the fourth quarter, the magic had gotten to within nine points. Dilo only had two points total on the game to that point. Over a four and a half minute span in the fourth quarter, D'Angelo Russell scored nine of his 11 points in the game. Again, two coming to the fourth, scores nine in a four and a half minute span, doesn't score again. But the lead that the Timberwolves had went from nine points back up to 15, a three possession lead to a much more comfortable five possession lead. And at that point, there were roughly you know five minutes left in the game. So it was effectively over. And D'Lo scored. He scored nine points in four and a half minutes and he orchestrated the Wolves offense and that was one of the longer periods of time that I can remember Chris Finch and his nearly two years coaching this team having so many called set plays in a row instead of the bumpers that Finch likes to talk about that he puts up and lets guys read and react within the bumpers that Finch uh, puts up. There were there were play sets called virtually every time down the floor. And D'Angelo Russell was kind of in charge of making that happen. He's the straw that serves the drink, right? As the point guard. And he doesn't always do a great job of that. I thought he was really good doing that in the fourth quarter of this game. And he didn't, yes, he shot the ball a little bit there. He scored his nine points, but I think only one of those was even a four shot. It was like an early shot clock, three pointer with no passes. That wasn't necessary. It wasn't like in a fast break opportunity. It was like walk the ball up the floor, kind of stand there for a while and shoot a long three. That's that's my only gripe with D'Angelo Russell's entire performance. The fact that I can remember that one shot means the rest of his shots were all in the flow of the offense. They made sense. They were difficult shots that needed to be taken. And D'Lo likes the moment, right? He he likes that opportunity. And he was really good in the fourth quarter of this game. I thought that was huge. Um, Anthony Edwards. I talked about this with Marnie on the postcast as well. He had 19 in the first quarter, but it never felt, other than maybe one heat check shot, a couple heat check shots, it never really felt like he was trying to completely take the game over. He made the extra pass and not just like driving kick. Oh, I can't score. I'm going to kick it out. You know, I, I'm double teamed. I'm going to kick it out. He actually made the extra pass where it's the old pass up the good shot for a great shot. Right. And it was hot. So even a semi open three would have been a pretty good shot. There were at least two occasions in the first quarter of this game where he passed up a semi open three that only would have been partially contested you know, with a late closeout from a defender for a better shot. He kicked one to Jaden McDaniels in the corner. He kicked, I forget, I think there was one to Towns. Um, but Ant was making the extra pass. It wasn't just the right pass. It was the extra pass. And 
we don't always see that from Ant. This was, in my opinion, this is one of Ant's most complete games that he's played this season. There's no question about it. I mean, obviously 35 points on 20 shots, so that's easy for me to say, right? But the eight rebounds and six assists, I think Marnie said this on the postcast too, that a lot of times you'll see these high scoring games from Ant and he gets two boards and an assist. Eight rebounds, six assists, two steals and a block in this game. Ant had six assists, only one turnover. He was a plus 29 in this game in a game the Wolves won by 18. Um, He was genuinely very good in this game on both ends of the floor. I thought he was engaged defensively. But again, the decision-making, especially early when he could have completely forced the issue, was really, really, really good. And then late in the game, he was kind of D'Lo and Cat's sidekick. Um, the Wolves' big four collectively played extremely well in the fourth quarter of this game. Um, and I was really impressed with Ant down the stretch. So a strong all-around performance from Anthony Edwards. Um I talked about the length of the magic already. I thought the wolves did a good job dealing with that for the most part. Uh, the issues early in the fourth quarter was more about sticky ball and offense. The ball movement kind of stopped for a few possessions before D'Lo and the, and Finch calling plays kind of right of the ship for the wolves offense. And then the cat to Rudy high, low passing the defensive rebounding I thought was competitive, which is what it needed to be against the magic. Uh, those were kind of my other notes from this one, but I, 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 the last thing would be the defense as a whole. Yes. They gave up 108 points to a shorthanded Orlando Magic team. However, active hands. I talked about the 15 steals, the 16 Magic turnovers. This was all about the Wolves just getting their hands in passing lanes. Jordan McLaughlin had a couple of beautiful steals. He had four steals total in 20 minutes. Um, J-Mac was fantastic. Uh, We saw um, Kyle Anderson had three steals and a couple of blocks in this game. Each of them just, they actually had steals just guarding the ball and then getting their hands up, which is the most elementary school thing. Like on defense, just put your hands up, right? I, you know, I taught four-year-olds that when I started coaching basketball, like when you're playing defense, put your hands up. We don't always see that. It's the hand down, man down thing, right? Where guys are just kind of like their hands are here. And if you just put them up, you're going to get deflections. We saw that multiple times in this game. Kyle Anderson had one that led to a fast break. Jordan McLaughlin had one that led to a dunk on the other end. Um, And the Wolves did that in this game. And the Magic are sloppy with the ball. We talked about their high turnover rate uh, before the game or uh, in the preview. And we saw that again in this game. The Wolves took advantage. They did an impressive job, um, you know, forcing the Magic to actually turn the ball over. And then they converted on the other end. And this was this was a deserved win for Minnesota. We had talked to a little, we're blue in the face about it. It was a bad team that was also shorthanded, missing two of their best players. But what were they supposed to do? Right, I mean, they got a double-digit win. They dealt with some adversity. And in the long run, we may look back at this. I don't know that we'll remember this random mid-November Wednesday night game at Orlando specifically, but this game coupled with the Sunday game in Cleveland where Cleveland, even though shorthanded, was a better team, certainly, in a tough atmosphere, the Wolves stemmed the tide. Even though it got you know a little hairy, a lot hairy, down to one possession in the final minute, they pushed back and they won the game. They hung on. Wednesday was kind of the same thing, but they had a little more control, a slightly worse team, uh, a little more rest for the Wolves, uh, a team that was very shorthanded in terms of who was actually available. The Wolves didn't let it get quite as close, and they they led wire to wire in this game, led by as many as, I think, 27. So this was like Sunday, but a little more comfy. Maybe we'll look back at these games as like, hey, this is where the Wolves learned how to deal with this adversity, this in-game adversity really not just hang on, but push back and you know rebuild that lead that they had previously. Now, it gets tougher with Philadelphia on Saturday, obviously, and Miami on Monday, but this was 
absolutely a step in the right direction. And, and I think it, it, we'd be remiss to not, you know, really take a look at that as a positive thing here in this game. All right. Uh, next, I want to do individual studs and duds as we always do. First though, today's show is presented by our friends over at sweat block. If you at all have issues with sweat and who doesn't at some point, Sweatblock is the best possible thing for you. The example I always give is at work, long day, you're in meetings, even if it's cold, you know, in the, in the winter or whatever, you sit, your arms are down for a long time, you stand up and you worry about sweat. Um, not a thing you got to worry about with our friends at Sweatblock. Sweatblock wipes were invented by a doctor. They're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the Sweatblock dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock risk-free today. Save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Again, you can save 20% with that promo code Locked On. Easy to remember. At sweatblock.com. You can also find Sweatblock on Amazon. But again, sweatblock.com, save 20% with the promo code locked on. Let's close today's show with individual studs and duds, as we always do on the postgame podcast. I'll pick three studs, two duds for the Wolves after every single game, win or lose. For this game, the number one stud has to be Anthony Edwards. 35, eight rebounds, six assists. The 35 came on just 20 shots, 12 of 20 from the floor, shooting 60% from the floor in front of his old college coach, Tom Crean. Uh, Much was made of that, and clearly, uh, you know, we see Ant get motivated by stuff like this all the time, and this was a good performance. 7 of 13 from 3, so better than 50% from deep. He was just 4 of 7 at the line as his early season free throw shooting struggles continue. He's only about 65% from the line now on the year. But again, 35, 8, and 6, plus 2 steals in a block, only 1 turnover, and only 1 foul committed in 39 minutes. Ant was really good in this game. There's no nothing else to say about it. This is, you know, he's not going to average 35, 8, and 6, but this is like the quintessential ant game, the perfect mix of getting to the to the rim, driving into the paint, creating for teammates, six assists to one turnover, and pulling from three. Now, you know, maybe it's not 13 of 20 shots are from three, but the seven free throws can kind of offset some of those long distance shots. That means he was getting to the line, getting into the paint, getting fouled. Um, and and that's why the actual two-point field goals is a little bit lower. This was nearly a perfect mix for Ant, a really strong performance. Carl Anthony Towns is my second stud, 30 points, 10 of 15, shooting two of five from three, eight of eight at the line. He had a stretch in the, I think it was third quarter. Was it third quarter? Or no, it was second quarter, I think, where he just went nuts. Getting to the line, it seemed like every time down the floor, that was when the Wolves built their first initial really large lead. They led by, what, 25 at halftime? Um, yeah, 18 to the first quarter, 25 at halftime. And a lot of that was cat getting to the line. If I'm not mistaken, it may have been all eight of his free throws or seven of his eight were in the second quarter. Um, at any rate, you'd like to see him shoot a few more threes, but at this point I'm nitpicking 30 points, just five rebounds, also five assists and a steal, just two turnovers for cat. And he only committed three fouls. Uh, really good game from cat. I, I, we talked about the high, low passing, I'd be willing to bet three of his five assists were probably fourth quarter um, when he's getting the ball mid post, high post on the perimeter um, and specifically looking for Rudy to dump the ball off. But he wasn't locked in, right? It wasn't like he was completely forcing the ball. This was a pretty well-rounded passing display by Carl Anthony Towns in this game. Um, 
My third stud for this game, I talked about how D'Lo and Rudy both played well down the stretch, but I'm going to give it to Jordan McLaughlin. He was phenomenal in this game. He had a plus seven off the bench, the best mark of any bench player. Nine points on four of six shooting, one of three from three, four steals, three assists, zero turnovers. The only issue is the zero rebounds. He also, of his three three point attempts, he missed two wide open threes, um, which is always the biggest thing with him, right? It's his size, which hurts you a little bit defensively, and it's knocking down open shots. He hasn't been consistently doing that. You know, a couple of years ago, he shot a decent percentage, but last year struggled from three. If he could just tick that upwards to 36, 37%. We're talking about easily one of the best backup point guards in the league. As it is, though, we'll take nine points, four steals, three assists, nine points on six shots for Jordan McLaughlin any day of the week. A really just kind of calm, collected performance as we're used to seeing from little J-Mac. Duds for me in this game, really only one, actually, and and that'd be Jalen Noel. This is a rough performance. He had five first half minutes and did not see rotation minutes in the second half, played garbage time minutes alongside Nate Knight, Nas Reed, A.J. Lawson. Nas making his comeback from illness was not in the rotation in this game, but A.J. Lawson scored his first NBA points, by the way, on a dunk down the stretch of the game, but Noel, uh, no points on 0-5 shooting, missed all three three three-point attempts, one rebound, one steal, didn't do anything else, was a a by far team-worse minus 10 um, I guess five of those points were in garbage time. So he was a minus five in his five minutes in the first half and a minus five in the final two minutes of the game. Um, but not an inspiring Noel performance. A couple of those threes rimmed in and out. They weren't bad looks. Uh, he had a couple aggressive looking drives where he kicked the ball out to the perimeter. So the, I don't think he was playing all that poorly. The results just weren't there. Like he was doing the right things. He was just missing the shots. And it turns out Jalen Noel chucks a lot, right? Like he shoots the ball a lot. So if he's missing those shots... Um, well, he's not probably doing much else to help your team. And that's what we saw in this game. So a little bit of a rough performance from Jalen, but uh, it's all right. He'll get the opportunity to bounce back on Saturday in Philly, no doubt. I'm really interested to see how Nas Reed gets worked back into the rotation because he was playing so well before he got sick. I've got to think Chris Finch finds a way to get him in. Perhaps uh, the Philly plays a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So Maybe Joel Embiid rests the second half on Saturday against the Wolves. But if Embiid plays, maybe you need some more bodies in there. Um, and Dallas could get an opportunity. Kyle Anderson played well. Also, he was preoccupied with the officials for most of the night. He was mad after he got called for a, a admittedly phantom travel in the first half. But he stuffed the box score, by the way, in 20 minutes. Eight points, four rebounds, three steals, two blocks, an assist. And he added three turnovers for good measure in 20 minutes. Um, so a weird Kyle Anderson game. Torian Prince was ejected in the third quarter for a flagrant two foul. Um, he fouled Jalen Suggs, hit him in the head with an elbow, and actually got all ball after he hit him in the head, but that doesn't matter. The flagrant rule doesn't matter if you get the ball or going for the ball. They're not measuring intent. They're just measuring whether the contact was excessive to the head or neck area, and it was. Um, it's just a tough call because you knew Prince was 100% going for the ball, just the way that Suggs brought the ball around him, the elbow got him in the head. So it was the right call. It was disappointing, but Prince was ejected in the third quarter of this game. Um, That's really all I have from this one. This was a good, solid, all-around performance against a bad, shorthanded team, but still on the road, withstood the fourth quarter run, uh, fought through that adversity, extended the lead back to 20-plus points, one by 18. Now they get two more days off on the road. They go to Philly on Saturday. They have to feel good about themselves. And uh, if they can put up a strong performance against the Sixers on the second, you know, for the Sixers, it's the second night of a back-to-back, the Wolves with two nights of rest. Maybe the Wolves can come out 
pull back even to 500 with the win over the Sixers and then head home to face Miami at Target Center on Monday night. That would be a ton of fun if if uh, if they could manage that. Friday, uh, Friday show will be a preview of Saturday, a preview of Saturday's game and um, uh, against the Sixers, among other things. So be sure to tune into Friday's show. Of course, you can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. A big thank you for those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, you can also watch on YouTube or any of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. The Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen and a reminder that for your next listen, you can check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.